Good morning. I always know when Richard's here. I'm going to make a declaration before I get started here that the Lord has anointed me. He's anointed me to bring hope to the poor. This is for y'all too. Healing to the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. And there are going to be a lot of freedom come today. I just know that it is. And I just want to bless the Lord. I want to release his fire upon this place this morning. The fire of God is moving across our country. It's here if you want it. So I just release the power of God in this place over our city, over this building. Rob and I wanted to go to Asbury, and we're like, we can't leave the fire that's here unattended. There's a fire that's burning here. I don't need to go clear across the country. <laughs> the fire of God is pouring out upon us. You can have all of him that you want. I'm not sure that everybody has time for it, though. That's one of the things that I heard this week. Somebody said, do you think everybody, would everybody even have time for a meeting, have time for a revival? Would they have it? Would you take it? I want to read, um, go ahead and put that up, Kyle. I'm going to read, this, was a, this is from a man named Clay Nash, and he prophesied this over Oklahoma this week, and he's going to be coming to Ascension soon, and I just want to read this prophetic word, and I thought it might be easier if you just, sometimes it's easier for me to read along, but... Oklahoma, in just over 20 years, I've watched you gain ground and then give up ground. However, know that from your beginning, I have imprinted you with the stamp of my spirit, says the Lord. It is time to turn up the fire in Oklahoma and move the pot from the back burner to the front burner. That's where we're at today. For I am visiting afresh and anew places of former outpouring, spiritual wells that once flowed with healing. The old will become new. Many seek to sustain old moves and days of glory now gone by. But I, the Lord, say that Oklahoma will experience becoming a new wineskin filled with new wine flowing to the nation. This wine will put a glow upon the faces of all who taste and see that I am good, a good God, that I am seeking to redeem the innocent blood that has been shed on your soil." Side note, I know that's about the Native American people. I am about to reverse the hand in Oklahoma, and the last shall become first. This is a reference to Jacob reversing his hands, placing his right hand on Ephraim and his left on Manasseh. The outpouring of my healing will come forth, but no significant name shall be attached it shall not be confined to tents, but will be found under tents. It will be a new movement that will include my body being healed as it becomes fitly joined together. 
As the body of Christ stands to its feet in this new movement, it will carry healing grace to the lost. It will cause eyes to be placed on me as they experience the movement of my love through my body. The new sound that is being released will result in a new cadence, which will create a thrusting forth going out as one. Oklahoma, you will bring forth a new model that can swing out of the old and usher in the new. Oklahoma, spit shine your boots, lace them up tightly, and get ready for a long march. Oklahoma, you are my boots on the ground. Hallelujah. And let's just say together, revival now. Revival now. We just want to put that out in the airwaves. We're calling it in in Jesus' name. Revival now to our lives, to our country, to our state. Amen. I am so excited about what all the Lord is doing and we're experiencing in our personal lives and in our homes and it come but it doesn't come easy sometimes it comes with a cost it comes with a stand of saying I'm going to stand Rob hasn't had any calls this week he we've been home hanging out together but you know what it's okay we keep standing okay the lord's got us either we believe what we sing and what we preach and what we or we don't he's not over at mcdonald's trying to sign up today because he knows that the lord has some for him you know nothing against flipping burgers hey we all gotta start somewhere but i'm believing i told him this morning i'm believing god to supersize us come on not this this we need to be supersized in the spirit. And that's what I feel like is just coming. He's just wanting to pour out on us more than we can even handle. And it's going to be so much God, there's not going to be any of us left. That's what's going to happen. Because <laughs> it's going to be that nameless, faceless meeting that goes on. And you're going to be, who was that that led that? And nobody's going to know because it doesn't matter. Because it's going to be led by the Lord. And that, if you've got to see any clips or watch any of that, that revival that's been going on for a couple of weeks at that, church, or at that college in Kentucky, it's been amazing what the Lord is doing over there. And I love Rick Curry. And, of course, that's his state, so he's been right in the middle of it. And um, I got to see a little clip of him from... Um, one of the nights he was preaching at a church and it was really good so i'm telling you rick's a little wound up right now and lord we just bless him we bless the state of kentucky we bless what you're doing there and we thank you that it's moving across our country so i want to you know the lord's awesome and how he works and um last week after my dad preached and you know a lot of the things that he talked about i've I lived through, <laughs> you know, I was right there, and I've heard those stories, and some of that's familiar to me, some of it's familiar to you, because you've been here a while, and you've heard it before, and um, but I really had that Ephesians 5 on my heart, and the Lord just had me reading that, I read it every day this week, and um, we talked on Monday, but sometimes 
what he says and what I hear isn't always the same. And what he said on Monday, I finally heard on Thursday that I was to speak this morning. <laughs> and so I knew then that I was supposed to uh, go out of what I'd been reading all week out of Ephesians 5. So um, this is my version. <laughs> and I pray that it's the Lord's version. And uh, it's what the Lord gave me out of it. But I want to read um, those. I want to read three verses out of Ephesians five, and it's verses fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. I just want to start there because I do want to talk about home. I want to talk about revival, and I want to. I know that the fire of revival has to start in our home. So be careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. I love that verse. If you don't live foolish, you'll know what to do. <laughs> And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. And I thought that was interesting that of, I don't even know how many verses are in that. There's 33 verses in that chapter, and I challenge you to read that chapter. It covers everything. It covers it all in just that one chapter. But it's interesting to me that those three verses, that one verse out of 33 verses, how the Lord really used that in your life. And um, to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So what that, to me, what that's saying, whenever we get our spiritual home right with God, then our earthly home will be aligned. If our desire is to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, our homes are going to start looking more like God. <laughs> it is get quiet. We're going to go places no man dare to go today, so hang on, buckle up. There you go. Got our boots on the ground. Um. I really am not planning on reading. I'm just going to kind of mention the first few verses. I really do challenge you to go home and read this. But um, verse 1 in Ephesians 5, it starts off telling us to be imitators of God in everything that we do. And we somehow think we've had people, oh, you're just trying to be holy. Yep, I sure am. Why have we got that twisted and let them put that on us that that's a bad thing? Be imitators of God in everything that you do. You might just want to kind of copy that down and somebody you know, pull that out. People don't read the Bible. That's why they don't know these things. Start off to, so we're supposed to be like God in everything. Verse 2 tells us, Continue to walk in the surrendered love of Christ. That's a challenge. And where are we challenged with it the most? Home. With those that we love the most. 
Me and Mariah wouldn't know anything about that. It happens. Would you, uh, would you, um, things happen. You just, how do you, you talk about things. You, you just try to deal with things with your family. Or at least that's how my dad's taught me. I understand that things I was taught was not the way you were taught. And you know what? Some of us weren't taught anything. That's why we're here. That's why these two have the apostolic gift of mothering and fathering on them. It's to help us to learn. There, there's more of you all out there. Debbie, Debbie has that. There's lots of you all that have that on you. Verse 3 says, have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Nothing. That means if you're not married, don't have sex, okay? Let's just go on and talk about it. This is where I'm at with all of this. We're not, we haven't talked about any of this. So therefore, we hear about it outside of these walls, and we've been told just like, don't act like Christ. So we've begun to believe the world more than what we've believed what the Bible says. We've begun to believe that, um, well, if we just uh, have oral sex, it's okay. Uh, the high schoolers, when I was back there, said, well, if I'm not with a boy, I can be with a girl and have sex, and that's okay. We're going to be real today. Because they're hearing it out there. Y'all are watching it on TV. I know what y'all are watching. I hear you talking about it. I see you promoting it on Facebook. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God thinks. It matters what his word says. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality lust, or greed. And then it's really funny because in verse 3, it goes on and talks about watching our speech. Boy, isn't that interesting? Watch our speech. Talks about, um, well, maybe I should just read that. Uh, forsake obscenities and worthless insults. These are non-essential words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Hmm. Well, it's just little. I, I saw on a video a three-year-old girl, her grandma videoing her of how cute she was, saying, well, freaking, and, well, that's just a slang for the other F. You might, she might as well be saying it. And we all laughing to say how cute it is. But the, it's more than that. It's the slams. It's the coarse jesting. It, it's the how, how much of a dig can I get at you. And then we all laugh. And deep down, we've all been hurt by some of that. Because it always goes too far. It always goes too far. I'm telling you, I challenge you to read this chapter. Get down, it gets down where we live, right? Like Cecil, Cecil Watkins. Oh. 
But you know, in verse 5, it goes on and it says that the kingdom of God can't be accessed by anyone involved in these things. Whoa! There isn't an, even an inheritance for you in the kingdom. To me, I, I may be wrong, I'm not, I don't think that it's saying that you can't know Jesus as Savior. This is just my interpretation, but you're not going to be, you're not going to have the access to everything that he has if you're involved with all of this garbage. The more isn't going to be there for you. And don't we want the more? We do. Hey, these are some heart checks here. There's some heart checks. God has more for us than we're living out. We've been way too much into low living. There is a call to holiness. And you know what? That holiness takes us to revival. Excuse me. Holiness has almost become a bad word. We've thought, oh, well, it's just those holiness people that wear their hair in a bun. God's calling us to holiness. Those verses, if you start dealing with those things, that's going to make you a little more holy. It's going to make you a little more godlike if we decide to take care of some of those things. That Saturday night that uh, when Lawrence Bishop was here, we took him and uh, his friend out to dinner, and he was talking about uh, the show Yellowstone and how that uh, he had a lot of friends that's in that show. And so he wanted to watch it. Well, he began to watch it and realized he wasn't going to watch the garbage that was on there. So there's a... Um, because basically everything that's in that show, it talks about in those verses we just talked about. But um, there's some sort of thing you can get to, to filter out things. And so it could filter out language. It could filter out sexual things. You know, I was like, what'd you watch? The... The front and then the end, you know, I was like, there was, but he, did, he wanted to, he wanted to support his friends that was in it, and so they were able as a family to watch it. I can't imagine really what was left, but you get the idea. But, you know, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, I remember, that was just a few weeks ago he was here, and I was reminded of all the men that come and stood on that line, because uh, of the men, because there is a desire that you had within you that you saw something in him that you was attracted to, which it was the Holy Spirit. He had something that you desired. It's because he, he drew those lines. He's walking out those verses and saying, I'm not going to be a part. He did that when he was out rodeoing. And I, if he drove a van full of cowboys around rodeoing, and they would go to a motel room, and everybody stay in one room, and they turn on the porn, and he laid in the corner with his head covered up, and his face to the wall, crying out to the Lord, it is possible to do. I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, we can walk these things out. We can be the light in the darkness with those around you. I, I admire him for his stand. And I have thought of him a lot whenever they talk about a, a life of holiness. It's cost him a lot. 
but yet he has everything, just like you will if you decide to take that. We Christians have convinced ourselves that it's okay to do all of those things in those verses, that it's okay. And the Christian world has really, we've kind of got it really twisted because we've thought, oh, they're going to think that we're cool, we're more relatable if we watch what they watch. We'll have something to talk about with them that, that, that we're kind of, we're going to be able to win them to Christ if we're kind of on their level. What's happened, though, they've took one look at us and said, why in the world would I want anything that you have? You have the same problems that I have. And you call yourself a Christian. The only difference is, is you come to the church once or twice a week. Holiness, home, revival. I, I read this yesterday. Holiness can never be separated from revival. If you want one, you're going to have the, the other. Do we really have time for it? Do we really have time for it? I'm gonna, I, I talked about this before we had the barn meeting. And I felt like it went nowhere. And I was talking to Rick Curry when he was here about it, and he told me, keep talking about it. You're on the right track. And I'm going to mention this again and give you the definition of revival. It's an improvement in our condition. It is not a meeting. We have tagged the word revival to every church meeting that we've ever been in. Revival is not a meeting. It is this getting changed. It's not a church meeting. God is wanting us to come together and experience revival. He's wanting us to experience an improvement in our condition. I heard of some people that were so desperate to get to Kentucky. I don't know where they were from. Rick Curry talks so fast, I couldn't understand it all. But they had no money to get there. And you know what they did? They sold their car. And I don't know if they took the bus. They were illegals. They somehow got there. I don't know if they took a bus, plane. They got there to that meeting. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. And they were, and they didn't, I don't think they barely spoke any English. They got an Uber then to drive them from one town to the other. Guess what? The Uber driver was from Cuba, didn't speak a lick of English. So they were able to converse with him. He drove them to the revival meeting. They were talking to him, telling him of what the move of God was, what was going on. Well, he, he was interested enough in it. He would never been to a church service before. He went in with them. He decided he'd just chunk the Uber for the night and went in with them. They understood not one word of what was going on. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to move on that man. And as that service continued, then this couple was able to lead the man from Cuba to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? That is so awesome. So it doesn't matter if anybody's 
even if you can understand. And yesterday, Rick was driving in his car with two guys from Chile. They didn't understand, I mean, about that much English. He was having the best time with those guys. They were just laughing, carrying on. They understood Holy Spirit. He was like, these are my new best friends. They're trying to teach me Spanish. It was hysterical. That's revival. Those people are so desperate to get to a place to meet with God. They were coming from Brazil, Chile, all across the country to come to that place. Would we be willing to do that? And it's not for a vacation. They sold their car. It just amazes me. A true heart change is when we say, God, you're so right, I'm so wrong, change me. You know, I've accepted you as Savior. Now I want to make you Lord. I've been going the wrong way. I've been doing these things in these few verses. Lord, I want to go your way. I want you to change my heart. You know, coming to this church doesn't make you holy. We could sleep here. We could live here. I'd still be me with all my hang-ups. But if I give up things in verses 3 and 4, now that's revival. I watched part of that revival this week that they had on TV, and there was a young man, he was part of that college, and he was used to, um, that chapel was big, it had a big balcony. One night, it was so, the, the ground chairs were all full, and he wasn't able to sit where he was normally used to sitting. You know how we are with where we sit. And um, he had a set in the balcony, and he was really ticked off. This is his words, not mine. And as they began to, the service began, the Lord was convicting him of his pride and just how selfish and prideful and full of himself that he was for wanting his own way and wanting his chair in a certain place. And he said, before I left there, he said, I dealt with it. I gave it to the Lord, and he said, I love this, because he said, I took a picture of that chair. He said, that was my tombstone that night. Come on. Isn't that awesome? We probably need to take some pictures of some chairs this morning. Because that's what it comes down to, is just dying to the way that we want it. We've sang Frank Sinatra, I'll do it my way, probably one too many times. And, you know, we can come together, we can sing, we can praise the Lord, we can get wrapped up in the feel-good moment, and it's our emotions get all ooey-gooey. You, you mean fall on the ground. That's not revival. We've all done that. We can walk out of here the exact same way that we walked in here. The seeker-friendly way of thinking has taken us down to a road of nowhere. Amen. And if we have participated in any of that, Lord, forgive us. I really don't think we have, but if we have, we repent. 
Because if you want your ear tickled, if you want just to feel good, go get them, tigers, sermon, go somewhere else because you're not going to get it here. This is the place where you land, remember? You get filled up. You get what you need, then you go out and give it away. But you know what? Sometimes we can't do that because we're screwed up and we need help. And we got to get fixed on the inside. We've, we've, taken him, we've taken salvation so lightly because we've just wanted God to save us from hell. And then we say, uh, I got it from here. Love ya. Some of us have done that since we got married. Oh, we wanted a husband or a wife really bad, and then we get them, and you're like, I'm going to go my way now. We have. And we wonder why our life isn't going so good. Continually filled with the Holy Spirit. What's that looking like for you? Lord, we want to be continually filled. Sometimes we got so much stuff up in here, we can't be continually filled. Home. What's things look like at your house? What's things look like? You know, we've heard my dad get up here and talk about um, confessing things to my mom. He confessed some stuff last week, and she looked at me and said, I didn't even, I never heard that one before. We've laughed about that all week. Uh, he talked about having to deal things with uh, people over him in business. We all sit there and like, uh, whatever. Go talk to your maid about some secret things you got. Go talk to your boss about taking things from the office that wasn't yours. Wasting time, being on your phone when you're supposed to be working. Well, it was, it was just a notebook. They, they've got a lot of them. Just doesn't matter. See, it, those little things, it's easy for us to listen to you talk about it. We're real familiar with it. What about when it's your turn? Have you taken a turn? Has God dealt with us on anything other than convicting us that we need him to save us? He had a hunger to do better and I'm really grateful because I, I really lived in kind of a fairy tale life up until I left home. I was protected from a lot of things. And I lived with a mom and dad that loved each other, that didn't fight, that showed me nothing but unconditional love. And I know that not all of you all have that, and I'm really sorry. But I had a dad that wanted more of the Lord. And God pushed, God pushed him to want that more. And my dad has pushed me to want the more. And the more you get, the more you want. 
And if you don't have it, all you have to do is ask God. He'll give it to you. But you know, our home issues aren't going to get any better or go away if we don't confront them. If we don't talk about it, if we don't get help, if we don't confess, if we don't do whatever it takes, things are always going to be the same at your house. You know, my parents' generation and the generation before him, them, they didn't talk about things. They were silent. Things may have been uncomfortable. Things may have been, and everything that I'm getting ready to talk about, it was all going on. All, all of our problems, we think we've come so far. All of those problems, they've always been around. They just didn't talk about it. You know, there's a saying that says, things are better left unsaid. Sometimes, in their scripture, it, that is true with some things. Scripture does say confess to one another. So we probably are supposed to be getting the light shined. And whenever you talk about it, those things are floating around in your head that you can't quit thinking about, that you, keeps taking you back to that place you don't want to go to. A lot of times if you'll just talk to somebody about it, we're getting, it's getting good. You know, see, we've had this looked at, and they come tell us there's nothing wrong with our sound system. So we take authority over that in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's okay with the Lord, so it's okay with me. He's just turning, making sure that that's totally off. I was thinking about that talk shows came along on TV. Actually, you know, some of y'all, I was thinking about uh, Oprah and Dr. Phil, but, you know, it started with, remember Donahue? I went way back. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Remember her? Oh, no. Those just went flying by. I was like, whoa. People would get on national TV and confess everything. So everything started being exposed out there. And you, everybody, whether you've been in a doctor's office at the secret of your own home, wherever you, we've all got wrapped up in that somewhere. You'll be just like, I was watching something on the DVR the other day, and you turn it, you know, when you, re, you record something, you turn it off, and then whatever that channel is on, it pops up. I got in the middle of a paternity thing. I was like, I have to know. Is it his child or not? And then I couldn't believe I was so wanting to know what happened. No, it was a judge. They were before a judge. There's a, it's a whole show of, anyway. No, it wasn't Judy. I'll, I'll find out so y'all can catch up, okay? Everything's been out there. Home issues are everywhere on the TV. We've watched people talk about all kinds of home issues. But I was thinking about, you know, we haven't talked about them at church much. But if we don't talk about it here, we're going to be in the place that we already are. Because <laughs> we haven't talked about it. I was thinking about um, and, it, and it's no um, slam to the Catholic Church. They've just got exposed first. 
because of all of the sexual misbehavior in the Catholic Church, uh, locally we've seen it, the Baptists, they've been going after the Baptists here lately, you know, uh, of just immorality and uh, people being abused sexually by church leaders. But we, we haven't talked about these issues in church. And it's home issues. And a lot of things uh, should be talked about at home. We should talk to our kids about it. They, they're hearing it. We have to tell them what the Word says, what's right, what's wrong, what God says about these things. And I'm talking about, there is a big consequence for a lot of this stuff. that You can get into it. It may be fun for a while, but you're going to pay a big price for it. And, you know, I, I kind of was like, you know, some of this I feel like is stuff that maybe it's not Sunday morning. You know what? Y'all ain't coming on Wednesday, so I'm just going to talk about it on Sunday. We're going to, you know, let's talk about um, sexual abuse at home. It's there. Wrong touching, any type of sexual behavior from one family member to another, other than a man and a wife that's married, is wrong. And we've heard thousands of stories in this place. I have a friend her mother abandoned her, sent her to live with her grandparents, and then her grandfather molested her her whole life. You want to talk about one screwed up person. Stepfathers molesting their daughter, stepdaughters. Dads perverted doing it to their sons. It happens. I had a friend that was one of the godless people I know. We were taking the youth to youth camp, and she had to talk to me before we left. This was years ago, and had decided that she probably couldn't go. And I'm like, what in the world? She needed to, t she, her grandfather had molested her her whole life, and she felt like she was somehow disqualified to go as a leader to, with the kids. The enemy doesn't play fair. She was as qualified as they come. But whenever he, those things come, what that puts on the abused one it brings rejection, it brings shame, it brings fear, distrust, and a whole long list of other things. A lot of times when that happens to a young girl, then it puts a, a, a perverted spirit on them and they go crazy when they get old enough and they're out to be with everybody that they can and they can't understand that at all. Because it's a perverted spirit that has come on them through something that they had no, no choice. And you know what? You may be the abuser. 
And if you are, you need to repent. Because you have a big demon on you, and you need to be free. Jesus loves you. What about physical abuse in the home? Being violent, kicking, tearing things up, destroying the house. What about hitting yourself? Hitting, punching family members, rage. What's your home life look like? God wants to set you free. Hey, these things go on. You want to say they don't go on here. They go on here. If we're going to say we want revival, what was that? An improvement of our physical condition. We have to start being real. You know what? You can hide it from us. You're not hiding it from the Lord. And what a hypocrite you are to your family. If you want to come in here and act like you're all holy, they know what you're like at home. You're beating and banging around on them, yelling, screaming at them. You probably ought to run here, down here now and fall to your face. What about verbal abuse? Yelling, screaming, cursing, name-calling, belittling, threatening. I'm going to... Or here's a good one. What about just you don't talk to him at all? That's just as abusive. It's just as abusive. These are home issues. These are things that hurt the heart of God. These are issues that a lot of us have been a part of or experienced. These are issues that you can get out of. These are issues that God wants to free you from. These are real. What about abandonment? Maybe you were given up at birth. Your mate left you. Your parents kicked you out of the house. Maybe you had an abortion. Maybe you paid for one. And a lot of those home issues, you know, then where that takes you, when none of that is dealt with, then it takes us to addictions. Because you're trying to cover up, and you're trying to make yourself feel a little bit better from all of the pain that the other stuff is bringing on you. So now we're dealing with uh, we've got sucked into porn. We've got sucked into drugs. We've got sucked into alcohol, pills. We comfort ourselves with food, social media. And then we get down the rabbit hole of depression, suicide, and it just keeps going. And it just keeps going. And one generation never, never deals with it. And then they just so gratefully pass it on to the next. 
and they don't know what to do with it, and then the next generation, it goes down again. Home issues. If you haven't been affected by any of this, you know someone that has. It's somewhere in your family, most generally, right? And, you know, I, I put this down, and then I, was, I wasn't going to say this. You know, the Lord has freed me from, I, I don't, I can't say that I've been involved in all of these things. The Lord's freed me from a lot of things. not saying that I've, I don't, I don't look at myself as holy. I want to be holy. He, he's freed me from a lot of things. I want, I des, my desire is that's for you, for you all as well. It's easy for me to talk about it. It is easy for me to talk about all of that, those things. Because I've seen the people that have been so suppressed by all of those things, and then I've seen Jesus come and set them free. And it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. It takes some work. It takes some admitting. It takes some being real. And you know, maybe you say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm good with all that. Dealt with all that. Praise the Lord. You know, and then God starts dealing with you with the little things. The small things that you think doesn't matter. We were at the mall a few weeks ago, and uh, before we went in, uh, We, Rob and I had talked about something that I wanted to pick up while we were in there. And uh, anyway, we, we left, and I thought about it while we were in there, and I was tired, and I didn't want to walk all the way to the other end of the mall. I must have been really tired that day. And um, later on that day, or the next day sometime, Rob said, Oh, we forgot to get that. And I said, I know, I can't, I can't believe I forgot that. He didn't know anything. And the next day, the Lord said, you lied to him. I was like, I lied to him. I had remembered that I wanted to go get that. But instead, I know that's really small and seems very insignificant, but the Lord convicted me of that, that I had lied to him. I said, oh, it, I agreed with him. I, so the, I lied to him. I remembered that I wanted to go get that. I should have just said, yeah, I remembered. I was too tired and I didn't want to walk down there. But instead, I just, I, I lied to him. So I... He just, I think Rob was dumbfounded that I was confessing over something that seemed so trivial. And even saying it, it says, seems trivial. I, I heard, but you know what? It mattered to God. 
I heard Pastor Gerald uh, ask my mom to forgive him Friday right in the middle of the prayer group. He didn't have to do that right then. But he humbled himself and did it. None of us are above, we shouldn't be above humbling ourselves and asking to be for, ask for forgiveness. And it's not saying sorry. Because it takes it to another level. I know we've said this, but God has convicted me. I lied to you. I want to read one more scripture to you. Song of Solomon 2.15 You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Those little foxes are the deep secrets that only you and God know about. Those little foxes are those little hidden things that you know you need to deal with. Those little foxes are those areas that you haven't yielded to Christ. Those foxes stop us. But it, what's it say? If you catch them, if you admit them, he'll help, help you says, together we can do it. God will remove them from you. Revival, an improvement of our condition. God is wanting to fill our homes with his spirit. He's wanting to heal, fill this home with his spirit, continually being filled. I'm asking that the Lord will bring fire from heaven into our homes because then that fire is going to deal with the things that need to be dealt with. Home issues, they're real. They're not fun. Making Jesus Lord isn't easy. It's easy to say, yes, I want you as my Savior. Making him Lord is giving it, giving it all up and dealing with those, those, those hurts, those hang-ups, those hold-ups. But it's worth it. I'm going to ask you to stand. I just want to pray over us. I'm going to ask you to respond. If the Lord is dealing with you about any of this, I don't know where you are on one side or the other of the home issues. You may be the abused one. You may be the abuser. And you know what? Maybe none of us in here are any of that. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to give the, the call, the call to holiness, the call to give your life to him. The call to say yes to him. The call to say, Lord, I want the condition of my heart improved. <laughs> Lord, I want an improvement of my life.
I want your life, what you have for me. And you may be one of those that's experienced some of that stuff. Some will be here to pray with you. Lord, I, I know that people can be free today. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are here in our midst and your spirit is working. You have spoken today. People have heard. And Lord, I just stand against foxes running out of here and, that aren't dealt with. Lord, I pray that lives and people will be able to say yes to you and yield to what you have for them. Freedom. Your freedom in this place today. You can turn that on, Kyle. Lord, Lord, we, I just ask, if you need to come and pray, if you've lied to somebody, if you need to get something straight, come get it right with God. If you need, you know, uh, what about being filled, continually filled with the Holy Spirit? If you haven't had that, come stand on the line. We'll pray that you're filled with His Spirit. Father, listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus Lord, we want to be honest with you. You know that the glory you had given him. God, we bless you. We, would we have a desire to, to be know. more like you. We have, the, let the fire fall, Lord. Let the wind come, Lord. Lord, we bless you. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name, King Jesus. Don't be embarrassed. Who cares? We love you. That's pride if you're embarrassed. Lord, freedom come.
wind blow Let the glory come down Let the fire fall Let the wind blow Let the glory come down Let the fire fall Let the wind blow Let the glory come down Worship now, worship your God. Come on, worship now, worship now, worship your 
supposedly fearless, but all over town and in churches abide. Powerful weaklings. Does anybody else need prayer? Keep praying for those that are up here. Lord, we just bless you. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Your spirit is moving. You're setting people free. Supposedly fearless, but all over town and in churches abide. Powerful weaklings who practice their politics, stealing from Jesus his beautiful bride. Whether your Pharisees, Sadducees, heresies, you I promise you, God will keep working on you. You can't get away from the Holy Spirit if you want to if you want to please the Lord. If you want to please the Lord. And he is he is the perfect parent. And he knows what we all need. And I don't know why everybody wasn't on the line this morning. What was that definition again? Improvement of your condition. Come on. I'm on the line. I need an improvement. If you're the perfect one, come on, we'll give you a turn. You can preach. We'll just start over. Just don't miss Wednesday night. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we exalt you. No king but Jesus. Lord, thank you what you're doing here. In Jesus' name. Amen. I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. In fact, I've got a gift for you. But I'm saving it to Wednesday night.